interesting and exuberant welcome in Pakistan. Uh, the churches that we went to visit there uh, were throwing rose petals, as Brian said. One church we went into, uh, it was also kind of sparkly, sort of bits of silver foil stuff that they were throwing. And, uh, and then they would come um, eat, to each one of us in turn, put garlands around our necks. It's like being royalty, really. So I got quite used to that, and I thought I'll, put, I'll post something on Facebook to warn the guys for when I come back to Forefront, because obviously I'll be back there next week, and just um, you know, tell them the sort of reception I'm expecting, really. And um, one of my good friends on there, Sharon, said, yeah, it's okay, Paul, we've found plenty of things to throw. <laughs> and so, so I may come here next week. Um, um, just... just just very briefly, you know, Pakistan is a, um, a challenging place to be a Christian. And um, the, it's a tough environment. You're going to get, at the very least, you're going to get discriminated against. It's hard to get a good job there if you're a Christian. And, um, but that's probably the least of your worries in one sense. And, and certainly there are people in Pakistan that have been martyred for their faith. What was, what in a way, so striking, though, is walking into some of these churches where, and basically to, to, to travel to the church, uh, we went from a hotel, the Hotel Shalimar, which is, uh, uh, is, is long since past its best, let's put it that way. Um, and, but to get, to get to church, we had to go with an armed guard. And then when we got to church... Um, there were there were more uh, armed police, uh, people with semi-automatic rifles to greet you, which is interesting. As a welcome team approach, I thought we could maybe, you know, adopt that. Um, <laughs> we just shoot the ones we don't like, you know. That seems <laughs> cuts down on the riffraff. Um, frankly, I'm not sure how I got in, but anyway. Uh, but it. But that's the sort of environment that, that we walked into. And then we'd walk in through the front doors and be met with a wall of noise in terms of people just uh, so joyous. It was kind of in this bizarre contrast to the environment in which they're actually living. And that's the, that's the amazing thing I find about the... See, we, we may, in, in our circumstances be under severe oppression, and yet in the heart and in the soul, where it really matters, we can be absolutely free and know the joy of the Lord. And that was what I saw in these people. And of course, living in that kind of environment, in a way, puts an edge on your faith. Christianity is not a lifestyle choice, is it? (laughs) It's not something we do, or shouldn't be something we do out of force of habit, or, uh, you know, because it's for some sort of self-improvement or other such thing. We, we're there, and we should be, uh, you know, coming to church, meeting together as, uh, you know, as a sacrifice of worship to God. And these people are just so committed uh, to God. And that was tremendously inspiring. We, uh, just to sort of give you a, a little bit of what's happening out there as well, there's a guy called Pervez who... Uh, heads up um, a number of churches. And basically what happened was that he got saved um, some 15, 20 years ago and ended up in a church in Dubai, of all places, 
uh, it was actually a New Frontiers church there because they've got a church in Dubai. And he went there for a number of years and then felt called back to Pakistan. And uh, he's a guy of a lot of influence um, in Pakistan itself. Um, That just comes out of some of his personal history. But he's planted in in the sort of 15 years since then, he's planted um, about seven churches, which is... In a country like that, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it really is. And some of these, and I've, I've visited three of these churches, lively, vibrant places, full of, you just walked into this atmosphere that was oozing the presence of God. And I thought, this is good. It's very different, but it's good. Bangor drums playing, you know. I was, I was kind of, I thought, this is different. Not sure what uh, forefront church or Kingdom Life Church would make of Bangor drums and, you know, that kind of raucous noise. But I can imagine somebody saying, can we turn it down a bit? But I was enjoying it. Um, it's also, Pakistan has not, um, uh, it's, it's actually got a history in terms of Christianity. Uh, apparently, it's, uh, it's reported that Thomas, the disciple, ended up in Pakistan and preached there. And so there are, although it's now a Muslim country, uh, there are these pockets of uh, kind of Christian enclaves, if you like. Uh, But some of that is really quite nominal. So it's a bit like, you know, just being born into something. And so whilst there are people who are nominally Christian, um, they're not saved. And so a lot of what Pervez and his churches have been doing is actually reaching out Firstly, into those areas, because obviously that's the uh, that, that's the immediate and easy place to start, in a way. Reaching into the Muslim community, community carries a whole load of different challenges, but nevertheless, they are uh, living it out and they are they are living on the edge there. I think where also you've got these um, some of the work that's had to have been done out there, and David Devnish, who I travelled with from New Frontiers, based in Bedford. Some of you. Um, will know David quite well. He's been here and preached many times. He's been traveling out there for about 12 years or so and really having to preach grace a lot because uh, it's a very... uh, Those Christians that have been there have been under quite a legalistic approach to Christianity and uh, a lot of confusion with still a lot of Old Testament stuff uh, creeping in. So one of the questions he got asked very early on was, is it okay for for a Christian to eat eels, which now if you know your Old Testament, then that, that was a forbidden. You weren't allowed to eat eels. But, so David said to preach a lot of, uh, of grace, the message of grace. And I know, it's bizarre, isn't it? Anybody here got a problem with eating eels? That's all right. We're under grace, not under law, okay? <laughs> Some of you may not want to eat eels. I appreciate that. But if you should want to eat an eel, you are absolutely free to, okay? Um, and... So, the, but, but actually what legalism does, it makes all these rules and regulations about what you can and can't do. But actually we're free in Christ. And, uh, and whilst there are things that may not be, uh, you know, right to do morally, um, that's a different matter. But in terms of uh, just that, that, that legalism of the old covenant, the law that was given to Moses, we've been set free from Christ fulfilled the law. Anyway, that's not what I want to preach about today. I've survived Pakistan. I enjoyed it. Uh, it, was, uh, it was challenging. I, I've had a bit of delayed deli belly, for those of you who 
know what that means. I'm sure that's most of you. Um, so, uh, but I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm actually in sort of reasonable health, apart from having picked up a cold as well. But there we are. I shall survive. Um, I, w- I was praying about today, and obviously, uh, since I was last here, um, the news has come out that I'm coming back here. Now, this, yeah. <laughs> now, depending on how you're feeling about that, <laughs> um, no, I, I'm, I'm, it, it's, it's, uh, it's something which, in my own heart, I believe, for starters, I'm called to Northampton. And uh, years ago, when I was still uh, a student at university, I was coming back up on a coach, uh, traveling uh, from Plymouth, uh, to Northampton, and whilst I was on the coach, God spoke to me and said, "Every mile that you get closer to Northampton, you're a mile closer to where I want you to be." And so I just knew uh, that this is this is where I'm supposed to be. And God spoke in other words to me since then about this being the place where I'm meant to be. Now I'm open to God. So if He does want me to go to some other part of this country or another country entirely. Then, uh, then I'm open to that. But I believe I'm meant to be here. And uh, coming, to, coming back to, to Kingdom Life is something which is an exciting prospect. And I, I know it's a good church. Um, and uh, I've, I've obviously been connected for lots of years. I've known Brian since late 80s um, when I was just out of short trousers. So, uh, so or barely out of short trousers. And I was, but anyway, I'm, I'm praying about, well, it feels like quite an important morning, therefore, even though I know Brian's still leading this church, but in that sense of, well, we're entering into a new season, aren't we? It's now a season of transition. And, uh, and I, was, I was after God, and I said, well, God, what, what, what am I going to speak about this morning? And I felt God said, talk about the name, because names are important. This church has a name, Kingdom Life Church. And that name is prophetic, uh, and it speaks of the destiny of this church and what this church is actually about. And I just want to remind you, some of you um, may not have thought about that very much, and you could have been in this church for a lot of years, and not really realized that there is a prophetic significance to the name of this church. And uh, just, just even taking those two words, kingdom and life, Actually, holding those two things together is really important. Understanding that kingdom is to be lived. Okay? Kingdom is about how you live. It's about, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a lifestyle, actually, that we live uh, in uh, a kingdom. We are part of a kingdom. And that kingdom pervades every aspect of our life. Not just what we do, but even how we think. How we, how we, our perspective on life itself. We should have a kingdom mindset. And so I believe that God just, I, I just want to bring a reminder really to you of, uh, of what God has called you, us, to be in terms of kingdom. So there were, the, the kingdom, I just want to start here, that the kingdom begins in the heart. The kingdom is, is firstly of the heart. And uh, when I was uh, away with David this week, he's, 
the preaching that he did in Pakistan was really interesting because he was doing an awful lot of storytelling, um, which is because that's predominantly the way that they learn in that culture. And he actually touched on this story, which is uh, the parable of the sower, which um, you, you'll all know well. And I won't um, sort of read the whole uh, parable to you. In fact, all I want to do is just dip into Jesus' explanation of that parable when he's talking to his disciples and saying, uh, you know, it's been given to you to know what this means and I, and I've come, I, and I want to reveal it to you. And so in, uh, I'll just read this from Matthew, uh, the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 13. So he says here, uh, Therefore, hear the parable <clears throat> of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received by the wayside. And so it goes on. Then we get the one who received is on rocky ground. And then there's the tares and the wheat and so forth. But then there's that which falls on good soil and produces fruit. But it's just this phrase that, that, that spells it out for me that says that the wicked one comes and snatches away that which was sown in his heart. And what was sown in his heart, um, Jesus explained, was the word of the kingdom. So the kingdom is first, of, first and foremost comes to you in word form and it's sown into your heart. An idea and a thought and something which is sown. And more than that, because I believe that that word, of course, is anointed of God. So there is a spiritual dimension to what we're talking about. That that word comes actually is sown in power. It's sown under the, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now this is how we get saved. This is actually, I mean, the parable here is about how someone enters the kingdom, really. About how, or in a way, how the kingdom enters them. And that, that seed, that small seed, gets sown into a human heart. And there it can take root if, if a person is willing to hear. If a person is willing to, to, uh, to repent, in the sense as well, of, of recognizing in that word there's a need for a response to change, to respond to God and to respond to this word, to respond to this call of God, to respond to this kingdom. Because kingdom says this. Kingdom comes in and says, this is the authority of God. That, that God is truly Lord of all. That, that, so God coming, one of the things that we do when we preach the gospel of the kingdom is we seek to bring the lordship of Jesus Christ into people's lives, don't we? And we are seeking to, God is seeking to establish his lordship in, in the hearts and minds of people. And he does it but by wooing them as well with his love. So he's not... It, that, that, that it's not a domineering coming in with it with a with a, 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 a sort of tyrannical approach to kingdom, whereby saying you know you'll do as I say, but he comes in through through his love, through through the message of the cross, through sacrifice, through saying I've laid down my life for you, but it is in order that you can know my lordship. It's in order that, that you can come into and become a part of my kingdom. And so God is looking to establish in this sowing of this word, of this seed into a human heart, he is looking to establish his lordship, his rule, his reign, which means you've got to humble yourself and allow God to rule and reign in your heart. That's how it begins. That's how a person 
comes from self-rule, from self-determination, from sin, from doing their own thing under and into the kingdom of God where we sacrifice ourselves, where we lay down our own personal agenda and say it's all for God now. Amen? You see, because that's how we're meant to be living now. You see, as Christians, we are no longer, I'm no longer my own, I belong to God. And I'm living for a kingdom that extends beyond, the, the, beyond this body, beyond these four walls, and out into the world itself, and beyond even to the ends, ends of the earth, and even to the end of the universe. For God is in all things. His rule extends everywhere. I'm part of something that, that has that kind of dimensionality to it, but it also has a very lasting quality to it, i.e. it is eternal. This kingdom goes on forever and forever and forever and forever and forever. We're part of something eternal. So this is what we're living for, okay? Is this all right? Good, oh, yeah, that's all right. This is, this is how, it, but it begins with a small seed sown into a human heart. See, that is still going on now. This is how the kingdom expands. This is how it grows. It's one seed at a time sown into people's hearts. Sown into one heart here. We've got a lady this morning. I'm just I'm praying for because uh, we met a, 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 a Chris Dingle service that we had, uh, in, uh, which is fantastic. We, we do this uh, every year up in St. Crispin with an Anglican church up there, and it's packed out. This lady came this year, and she sat with Yolanda, who I don't think is here today. I can't see her. And uh, so, Oh, she's out with the children. Anyway, she sat with Yolanda, and she got the gospel. She, not, not in an overt form. Yolanda just loved on her, and then introduced her to me and Kate afterwards. And we chatted to her, and then she ended up coming for Christmas dinner. So the day after, we had the Chris Dingle on Christmas Eve, and the very next day, this complete stranger has come to our house for dinner, which was great. She came for Christmas dinner. We, she'd been through a difficult time, and we just loved Donna, and she had dinner with us. Anyway, she's there at Forefront this morning, and um, for the first time. So when she, text, she texted me this morning and said, I want to come this morning, but I'm feeling a bit nervous. <laughs> so she'll, she'll sit with Kate. Now, she'll be fine, actually. We've got a lunch there today as well, which... So I'm making a real, I want you to know I'm making a real sacrifice today. So I'm missing, I'm missing forefront lunch, which is always a good thing. Um, so, um, but this is how, this is how the kingdom grows. It, it, it's one seed at a time sown into somebody's heart and the kingdom comes there. Jesus begins to take up, uh, he begins to take up res- residency in somebody's heart. And when he does, he starts to bring his values. He starts to bring his ways into that person. And the more we yield, the more we surrender, the better it is. And the greater the kingdom grows in a person's life. Because I know this much, that that seed doesn't stay a seed for long. Okay, It begins as a small thing in a person's heart, but it rapidly grows. So that's... Uh, that's the heart. That's how it begins. Okay? Now, we've all received that. We all, I trust anyway, that, that, that if you're here, that, and if you haven't received that yet, if you're here today and you're thinking, well, I don't know if I'm yet a Christian, well, come see me afterwards. 
Let's talk about that because God wants to rule and reign in your heart in a way that will utterly transform your life and set you free. Okay? Right. Second thing. The kingdom uh, is not confined just to the human heart. But it very rapidly from that place uh, spreads out of us because it transforms us and so it transforms the way in which we connect together. And so kingdom affects church. Kingdom needs to be uh, thoroughly a part of church life. We need to be a kingdom people, not, not just a church people. I think that uh, in the sense of a, a narrow definition of church anyway, you know, we can go to church on a Sunday, can't we? We can go to a building and we can go to a place and we say, I'm, I'm doing church. In Pakistan, uh, this is again the tell you a little bit about how the, how the religion... It's sunny God, don't I? He's just giving us a quick call there. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's probably because it's telling you the dinner's ready. I won't be long. Um, so, church... Uh, so, in Pakistan, one of the things is, for example, that, that there you haven't had a proper church meeting unless you said the Lord's Prayer. Because you get into this legalism where we have to do certain things in order for it to be legitimate. But that's not the case. Um, but the thing is, we can have all sorts of trappings around church, but, but actually, church is, is in a way bigger than the sum of its parts because it's kingdom. And uh, just the, in a way, uh, you know, singing songs or hearing a sermon or whatever else... Um, in it doesn't make it kingdom and doesn't really make it church either, although we may call it church. There is something uh, other about it. Kingdom is about a, a, a hot... And because it's life, kingdom, and let's keep those two words together, because it's kingdom life, there's a whole way of living that begins to emerge in a church. It's about actually about how we interact with one another. It's not just simply preaching from the platform. No, it's about how we do life together. That's church. Church is more than just preaching on a Sunday morning. And it's more than singing a few songs. It's about how we do life together. So let's think about, just, just think about some of the, kingdom, the, the founding principles of kingdom. It's founded, well, it began really with, with Christ coming and saying, repent for the kingdom is at hand. One of the things is that we've learned how to repent. We've learned how to seek God's forgiveness. And we've learned the principle that forgiveness is key in kingdom living. Therefore, I must forgive. Not only uh, must I seek God's forgiveness for my life, but I must seek the forgiveness of others. And I must also forgive other people. That's how kingdom gets extended and worked out. If I, if I, so in other words, if in church life, I don't practice forgiveness, then the kingdom is somewhat stunted already in the life of the church. Do you understand? So it is so important that these principles actually get applied. Now, you can't apply a principle of forgiveness unless you live together. I could come in here on a Sunday morning. I could rock up at 10.30 or quarter to 11, let's say. Miss some of the boring bits at the front end, right? And then... (laughs) That was a joke, by the way. And then... And then, okay, I could leave here as soon as I finished preaching and never speak to any of you. That's a good idea, isn't it? <laughs> what did I think of that before? 
how much simpler life would be if I didn't actually have to talk to you. My life's complicated by talking. I find people have problems and they want to share them with me. I go to church on Sunday. Can you pray for this? Can you help me with that? No, I'm not interested. See, kingdom, I'm being, I'm being flippant. Kingdom is about how we, kingdom life is about how we engage with each other. Kingdom has to be worked out in the church. One of the big problems that the church has is an image problem, and it has an image problem because people don't see kingdom life in the church. They see religion. They see a lack of forgiveness. They see pompous behavior. (laughs) Okay? They see pride. And actually what they need to see, see, we have got to make an effort. Hear me. We have got to make an effort to engage with one another. It's why I'm a great believer in small groups. If you're not in a small group, I want to say to you, get yourself in a small group. Because it's the way in which you will grow and foster those kingdom principles. And if you find it difficult to find the time to get into a small group, because such as your work, and I understand this, that the shifts or whatever else, try and find other ways to get it. Try and find ways in which you can meet up with or engage with your brothers and sisters in Christ so that you can do kingdom life in a meaningful way. Otherwise, you are in the church, but you are truly not of it. And I'm saying this in all seriousness. You can be in this church, but really not of it. We must have a church which, in which we are sold out to the principles of kingdom living, where we say, this is what my, shapes my life. I am so intent on doing, on doing this in a godly way, in God's way. I want kingdom. I want God's way of living out church life. So this becomes vibrant and a, a vibrant and living place. Now, it's not just about principles. It's also about power. I just want to add this in. So there are the principles of kingdom living, but there is also the power of kingdom living. And I believe these two things, again, have to be held together. That actually, yes, we want the principles of forgiveness, of loving one another. Let's just touch on that, actually, because my heart tells me to. How can we say we love God who we cannot see if we cannot love our brother or sister who we can see. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Because it, it, what it does is it, it, it draws together the, that principle which I've been trying to talk to you about for a few minutes there, of how we work out through a living relationship a meaningful faith. And if we don't have relationship with one another, our faith is not meaningful. We cannot truly say we, have, we, have, we, we know God or we love God if we don't actually connect it's meaningless. Christianity is not lived uh, to soul. Is that right, Matt? It's not lived on your own. Okay? It's got to be done in community. It's got to be done in relationship. Otherwise, forget it. Uh, so I was going to talk about power. So, so we have principles that we live by. Things that, 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 are, that are these, these uh, core values, if you like. Uh, fruits of the Spirit. But I believe also there is a power released when we live together in community. There is a power in praying for one another. And one of the things I love, and I think uh, so often, 
I mean, for years I've loved big services, you know, the main service. And it's good. And God's power can be released here. But I want to tell you that I'm expecting to see more of that in my small group setting than in church on a Sunday morning. Because I know more about them. (laughs) I can't know everybody in church life, but I can know a few people really well. And one of the things I love about doing small groups is that you just get into that kind of nitty-gritty. You find out what's going on in people's lives and you say, let's pray. I want to see, answers to, I want to see answered prayer in my, church, in my church life, in my church. I want to see answered prayer. Do you want to see answered prayer? Do you, have you got prayers you want answered? You should start sharing what your needs are. Start praying together and get kingdom power released in your life. See, we can pray. I can pray personally. I can say, God, I've got this need. God, please help me. That's great. And that's fine. God says about going to him and, uh, you know, asking. But it's even better when you get a prayer of agreement going where I can stand with Martin and say, Martin, will you pray with me about this? I've got this issue. I know Martin will pray. He'll pray with me, with me there and then, but he'll also pray when he's doing his own quiet time. He'll think, Paul, yeah, I'll just pray for Paul. See, that's how it works. This is kingdom life. This is kingdom living. Amen? Good. Um, Okay, I'm going to do my last point because uh, time's probably gone already. Brian said I haven't got much time, so... Right. The... uh, uh, these first two steps, this is in an order for a reason. So God is into taking a human life and transforming it, and he plants the seeds of the kingdom into a person. Gradually over time, we will be transformed. If we continue to yield to God and humble ourselves and let God's rule and reign uh, happen in our lives, okay, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the grace of God and through the word of God, through the encouragement of others around you, then you will grow. And that kingdom will take root and your life will become to look like a life that is kingdom. Our church, in the same fashion, is that, that actually then we live that out in church with one another and that the kingdom becomes normal, becomes the expression. So we pray, you know, it's in the Lord's Prayer, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. We want to see a church where, the, where, where God's will is in operation in every aspect of church living. But then, of course, it goes beyond that. Kingdom is something bigger than you, bigger than the church. It extends out into all the world. And this has been God's plan from the beginning, is to bring... So when he charged Adam and Eve with with going into the world and, and, and subduing the earth... Uh, and having dominion there, that, that actually that which was lost at the fall has been restored, and it's restored to the church, it's restored to you and I, that actually we are now the age, agent of God's kingdom so to extend the rule and reign of God in the face of the earth. That's what we're about. So we have a mission as God's people as well. This, this word, what I love about this word, in a sense, this kingdom life, is it's, it's in the nitty-gritty of my everyday living and my relationship with God and my relationship with you as God's people. But it also is this, uh, you know, this bigger picture thing that's about the world and the mission on which, on which we're about. 
when I went to Pakistan, I saw the mission. I saw, I, I just got excited about the fact this is kingdom. You know, they're different from us. They've got quirky ways about them and they're noisy and they throw rose petals, but they're still kingdom. And I could see lives that are being transformed by the kingdom. And there is a, there's a world out there <clears throat> that needs to be infected with what we have. And I'll just read you this last scripture. Um, because Jesus, in his, if you like, this is his manifesto when he was uh, preaching um, the Sermon on the Mount. It's kind of like his, his, his manifesto. It's, it's sort of like this is, this is what this is all about. This is, and it's really about kingdom. If you understand this properly, I, I think the Sermon on the Mount is about the kingdom of God, essentially. And uh, so he says uh, in Matthew 5, just a few well-known verses here, 13 to 16, you are the salt of the earth. Notice it's the earth. He doesn't say you're the salt of, your lo- you know, of, of Jerusalem. He doesn't say you're the salt of your house. No, he says you are the salt of the earth itself. We, we, and that's the extent of the purposes of God here. The whole earth is to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. Habakkuk, right? That is the vision of God. It always has been. It's not changed. This is what God is about. But he is directing this towards his hearers. You are the salt of the earth. Hearers in the sense of those who were there at that very time, but also obviously to us. You are the salt of the earth. If the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You see, it's no good if we lose the kingdom flavor. (laughs) If we don't carry the values and the principles of kingdom, of forgiveness, of loving people, of showing grace and kindness, if we don't carry these things out into the world around us, then we've lost our salty flavor and the world is, is... perishing as a result. Salt preserves it, salt changes it. Salt brings a different flavor into the world. You are the light of the world. See, so again, he says, now he, says, now he uses this, this term world. This is the same principle. And interestingly, this term light, because Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. But of course, we understand that his light is in us through Christ living in our hearts, that it's not my light, but his. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. And this term city for me, again, it speaks about what we are as a people. It is, so it's not just about you as an individual, but it's about us as a group of people living our lives for the kingdom of God. God intends for us to shine like a city on a hill, nor do they lamp, light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand that it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I believe there is a day coming, and that not too distant, whereby there, there is an increasing measure of the kingdom going to be expressed out there in the world. We've had a far too narrow mindset. If I had time this morning, I'd talk to you about how 
how the church functions a bit more closely in terms of the, the ministry side, because we're all called to minister. And basically, I just say there's a day coming where there's going to be more expressed outside the church. There's, there's stuff that will happen in here as well, maybe in seed form, that will then go out there. But I see encouraging signs. I see things that are happening that encourage me. Street pastors and school pastors being, you know, a couple of examples of ministry outside the church. And we need to see more of it. So, and, and it doesn't need to be terribly uh, structure, overstructured in a wrong sense or held too centrally necessarily by church. I think that it's getting to an understanding. It's not that the church is going to do X, Y, and Z. It's that you are. <laughs> okay? Because the job of the church or the job of leadership in church is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. That actually you are meant to do things for God. Okay? Big and small. And don't belittle the small either. Okay? In small ways, you can serve the kingdom of God. Small ways. But, God, but they can be extremely powerful. A seed sown here and there will produce fruit. Right, I'm done. Let's stand together. We're going to pray. Hallelujah. I hope that was good this morning. Blessed you. It blessed me. I enjoyed it. Good. All right, let's pray together. And let's just let God infuse us with a fresh impartation of Holy Spirit, a fresh zeal for the kingdom. Mm. God, God, I thank you that there is something so dynamic about the Holy Spirit and your word, Lord, that produces in us uh, fruit that, that that is often surprising, often unexpected. And I just want to pray that this morning, Lord, that you would... The seed that has been sown, maybe some seeds dormant, Lord, but that you would water it. But it's kingdom seed. And Lord, I pray that this church would, be, uh, would, li- would live up to its name in a whole new way of being a-, a church full of kingdom life, Lord. Being lived out, Lord, day to day. Lord, being lived out in, in expressions of kingdom between one another and expressions of kingdom out there in a world which doesn't understand or know what it means. They're in darkness, but they can see a light when there's kingdom at work amongst them. And God, we need to be a light to this world. And I pray that you would, that Lord, that you'd so fire us up with a fresh enthusiasm for, the, for you and for the things of your kingdom, Lord. That, Lord, we would transform this town and this nation for Jesus. Amen. Amen. Bless you.